0: Hey everyone, you're listening to The 10.7 Podcast, where we get together every fortnight, and sometimes more often, to talk about technology, business, and the humans in it. I'm your host, Ivan Stegich. My guest today is Emmy Award winner Erica Hanna, owner of Puke Rainbows Creative, a creative content strategy and video production studio based in Minneapolis. She is a public speaker a video coach, online course instructor, director, producer, photographer, writer, and strategist. Her studio's mantra is, when life gives you rain, puke a rainbow. And I feel like I've known about puking rainbows since I first started on Twitter over 10 years ago, so I'm really looking forward to talking to Erica today. Erica, (laughs) welcome to the show!
1: (laughs) I am so excited to be here. I know that I I talked about it earlier today that I've just been so pumped and looking forward to this. So the day is here.
0: Yay. And that slow-mo you made on Twitter was amazing. Just really (laughs) so indicative of how creative you are and just wonderful. What a great energy to get from you.
1: And then I'll I'll reuse it on uh, St. Patrick's Day. So that'll be great.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. That's the day everybody's listening to this. Yay. episode on yay
1: be safe everyone so, yes insane
0: <laughs> insane please um where are you joining me from today erica
1: yeah i'm actually in the twin cities so it's nice and sunny here just like i, I believe that's where you're at too right
0: yep i'm uh, right in minneapolis right close to downtown in the lake of the isles region um and it and you're right it is a blue sky out there after having sub. 10 sub 20 degree weather over the last couple of weeks it's been nuts (laughs) but it's it's nice to be hopeful and um feeling the warm air and the sunshine and getting ready for spring
1: yeah some hope finally right
0: yes indeed (laughs) indeed i before i ask your origin story and where you grew up and and we find out all about that I want to talk about puking rainbows, because uh, to me, it's synonymous <laughs> with, with Twitter. I I've, I think it's been around forever, as far as I'm concerned. But t- <laughs> tell me about the origin. What, what does it mean, and where does it come from?
1: Yeah, so for me, personally, uh, puking rainbows came from this idea of when life gives you rain, puke a rainbow. So a lot like the when life gives you lemons, make lemonade type of thing. Um, the story originated with me doing hashtag puke rainbows when a young follower of mine on Twitter, yeah, at least 10 years ago, um, this was when I was the person on Twitter that I'm sorry, I was so annoying, like very annoying. Like I was that person that like posted positive quotes all the time and that was kind of my only contribution, (laughs) like was these positive quotes by philosophers. And this kid from New York City was following me and he was probably 16 at the time. His name was Juan and he sent me a direct message and he said, say, I like following you. And I get half the stuff you say, but I don't understand about half of the quotes. So can you kind of explain where you're coming from usually? And I said, yeah, man, it's super easy. Uh, Usually what I mean is when life gives you rain, puke a freaking rainbow. And he's like, oh, I get it. Okay. So from that lens. So then what happened was Every time he would make a choice in life that was benefiting him in a wonderful way, um, getting his homework done, that kind of thing he he always used to call me twit sis like twitter sister um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he would use hashtag puke Rainbows so that I could see it and i wouldn 't miss it and It was so funny because then this mindset started where I kind of started doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, puke rainbows. Hey, we're just going to make the best of the situation, which was also a little bit indicative of my filming style because I didn't always have the biggest budgets where I was, you know? So it's like we're going to make something amazing out of almost nothing, but we're going to still make it look like it costs a lot of money, right? (laughs) And so I started doing puke rainbows as well. And, yeah, so then when it – when it came time, I was finally making enough money as a freelancer, um, and my accountant, who was this very, at the time, very, um, how can I describe her? Uh, like, I, I don't want to say mousy. That sounds really mean. But she, she's just very straight-laced, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. like Conservative? Like, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, Maybe in the classic
0: um, definition of conservative. The
1: classic definition. Yes. That's what I was struggling with. So um, she looked at me and, and I, and she said, well, should we do Erica Hanna video since we need to name your company when we file these taxes? And I said, no, you know what? I, I, I don't think so. That's just not me. And right at that time, you know, um, my phone dinged and it was like, bring puke rainbows. And <laughs> I uh, I said to her. I said, "I think puke rainbows." And she looked at me, Yvonne. <laughs> she looked at me like I had four heads. She she was like, "No." No, mm-mm. and she refused. She sat there and she refused to write it down. And oh and I was God. like, "You need to write it down." And she's like, "I'm I'm not going to. That's ridiculous." And no one in their right mind, if you think you're going to grow this business, it will never happen with the name Puke Rainbows because nobody who takes themselves seriously would ever do that. And I said, "Good, okay, cool. I don't want everyone to take themselves too seriously." So yeah. if that's like the barrier to working with somebody who has a good track record then it sounds like a a them problem you know <laughs> like you can't get over the word puke I don't know <laughs>
0: like yeah then you're just... kind of self-selecting your your um clients already just by the name and <laughs> I, I think that's awesome I mean you're kind of sitting a line in the sand here
1: isn't it so funny because I I do think that that's what happened and I didn't even realize that that's what would happen but um It does seem like now if I'm talking to friends of mine in the production world and hearing these horror stories about clients and then all I hear, especially from my crew, is, oh, we love being on shoots with you because you get the most fun people. Like, we always have so much fun with them and nobody's ever mean or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's so great to hear.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What what made you want to start a company like that? I mean, it's fun working in an environment like that where work doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Did you have a, a a motivation to, you know, uh having a company that can be like that? What what happened before Puke Rainbows and and to influence this uh climate and this environment that you've created?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the answer to that is i didn 't want to have a company to be honest like uh, oh. for, like off at the beginning i didn 't um it uh it came about kind of a happy accident. I did this project where I was doing coffee with people from social media because I felt like I had a lot of online friends, you know, and that just sounded yeah. weird to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, I read this really great article in Ink Magazine about this person that did 50 coffees in a year. And I thought, I could do that. That would be fun. And so I set out and did it. And it was so insightful and so much more than I could have ever dreamed it would have been. And most of it is because when I would sit down and have these conversations with people that were not in my industry, right? They weren't in Mm -hmm. video, most of them. And they didn't work with me in TV and didn't work with me at an agency. And when we would sit there and we would talk about business and talk about philanthropy and talk about just anything, you know, I would say 75% of them, unprompted actually and it just shocked me kept saying okay so when are you going to go out on your own and I'm like that's funny I like paychecks (laughs) those are great you know like I I mean Mm -hmm. I I was just like I like being a cog in the wheel and they'd go do you really though and I'm like no I do I like it it's I like the stability and they're like do you really though and I think yeah someone says something to you that many times finally it it kind of breaks through, right? And uh, I just started thinking about it, and it wasn't until... and, and I had a bit a, a bad case of imposter syndrome, if I'm going to be really honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, I, a, a lot of the time when people had asked me to do speaking or you know um, was asked to be the keynote speaker for 3,232 32 and I was like, why me? What? That doesn't make any sense. You know, I just was miffed. And, um, it really wasn't until working with Prince that it, uh, he convinced me that I wasn't just, you know, a garbage pile of a human, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. So we, we, uh,
0: we had, um, we've had a couple of guests on the show that have worked with Prince in the past, and yeah. they've described their experiences working with him as generally quite positive and have led to other careers and other industries. Um, how did you work with Prince? What was the capacity? W- were you freelancing? Were you part of another agency? T- tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, again, I would say it's a little bit of a happy accident. <laughs> um, I was I actually said no initial initially due to the imposter syndrome. I was approached by a producer friend of mine from a different network and um he said, "Hey, I want you to come down with me to Paisley Park. I have this project I'm working on um for Prince and I want to put something together for him." And I said, "Oh, I think that you have the wrong person. Like, I don't think that I'm the person for that. And uh, I work at a TV station. Like, I don't think I'm really, like, up to that level, you know. And, you know, he just finally, he said, hey, here's the deal. Um, He's probably not even going to be there. It'll probably be just his band tonight. So at least come down with me tonight for the rehearsal. Because they were going to do a concert down there. And I said, okay, fine. (laughs) <laughs> I'll go for the rehearsal. I'll meet the band. That's cool. I'll get to go inside Paisley Park. Awesome. And I talked to a different friend of mine who had done some work for Prince, and and he confirmed that. He's like, oh, yeah, that that's true. He probably won't show up. He didn't show up half the time, like when we were supposed to do things anyway, or he was too busy with something else. So, yeah, you'll get to meet the band. That'll be fun. Go down there. Check out Paisley Park. And I went down there, and we were working with the band. Um... And it was it was fun, it's Paisley Park, right? And um, then this moment happened where I had taken the camera from my first cameraman because I, I he wasn't doing exactly what I wanted him to do, and so I was just showing him like the move I wanted him to make up the fret of the guitar, and suddenly I looked up at my cameraman and said, like, "Okay, do you get it?" And he had this look on his face and he was looking over my shoulder and under his breath with his, you know, teeth clenched, he just goes, he's standing right there. (laughs) And I was like, Prince is behind me? And he's like, yes, he's behind you, you know? And I was like, oh my God. And (laughs) just turned around, still had the camera in my hand and... I had no idea what to say. I'm like, hello, Mr. Formerly known (laughs) symbol prince person. Like, how how do you even address him? You You know, exactly. Exactly, your highness. Yeah, exactly. Right. I had no idea. And he just kind of motioned with his finger, "Um, come here. I want to see what you did there. And I took the camera over to him and he looked at it. And um, I, here's the second part of Puke Rainbows. I I thought I was going to throw up. I'm Prince. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. My, my stomach mm-hmm. was just like, this is it. This is the moment. This is when everyone finds out that I'm the worst and I am kicked out of Paisley Park forever and I'm ruined and, you know, I have to go back to market 152 or whatever. And <laughs> um, he starts shaking his head back and forth, kind of like the no symbol. You know, like yeah. the, like, the signature. like this signature, and I was is, like, "Great!" Yeah, yeah. Like this is like this is garbage, right? And he looked up at Pete and our producer, and he said, "I thought you told me that she produced video." And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh." And he looks at me, and he takes a step forward, and we're very close. And he said, "From now on, I want you to tell people that you." produce art because this is not video this is art and wow. i wanted to puke for a completely different reason you know i was just <laughs> like ah, you know like <laughs> what yeah. yeah and then he gave me a huge hug and he's like let's make something the world's never seen before and we spent you know most of the night there and then ended up filming one of his uh pajama parties that he had which ended up being a concert that lasted until about eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> you wow. know so there's about a thousand people in there and we had pancakes at midnight you know so wow. it was it was a blast <laughs> yeah so yeah
0: so a couple of couple of reactions to that um yeah. first of all <laughs> uh he gave you a hug, like touching, and also yeah. a concert and people all in the same space. <laughs> like that's so foreign to me right now. Being so a crazy. year into the, it's so crazy. So that's a reaction. Right. <laughs> Another reaction is, oh my god, what a turn of events in your brain? Because yeah. obviously everyone around you isn't thinking that, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the whole imposter syndrome is fascinating to think about because I think we all have it. Yeah. And I think we all spend too much time thinking about it. Mm. And if we all have it, doesn't that mean none of us have it?
1: Oh, that's such a good point. I love that you said that. Yes. So yes.
0: <laughs> I guess I wonder, like, do you see that as a turning point in your career or as being a person, or do you still feel like an imposter?
1: There are times when I feel maybe not yeah, I wouldn't say it's as bad for sure. <laughs> there are yeah. definitely times I still get nervous. Um mm. and question like, ooh, can I handle this? You know, maybe it's it's just a really huge project. But I think that we all do that. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. Um but no, I think that he he did a pretty good job <laughs> of of uh kind of wiping that from my head and I don't know if it was so much what he said about art or if it was more along the lines of this sounds really strange but the only time I felt that kind of energy is when I was in the presence of Prince and when I was in the presence of a Nobel Peace Prize winner. That's the only Mm. time like that you know you just have like there's just that some people have that energy that kind of fills you just by standing next to them that you're like, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to make a difference. I want to kill this, you know? Yeah. 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 Who
0: who is, I have to ask who the Nobel prize winner was.
1: Uh, Yeah. So I met Muhammad Yunus um, he was amazing. He's kind of known as the founder of microfunding, kind of like Kiva, that kind of stuff. Uh, so he has a lot of like microfunding, microloan, little mini banks that he concepted. And it was just, it was, man, it was probably 10 years ago now, but, um, yeah, that was, again, that was an amazing exchange as well. Cause I had asked him to sign a book and, um, I don't know. He stopped and he like looked me in the eye and he just paused and put his pen down and he patted me on the back and he said, I have a feeling I will ask you for your autograph one day. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you know, like it was just so bizarre, yeah. <laughs> but like, but uh, amazing and wonderful. And he probably says that to everybody he meets, but um yeah, I don't know. Still, was, he's he yeah. still
0: inspired you and left a um certainly an indelible mark on your psyche and I like that's what you want. That's the kind yeah. of person you want to be, I think.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more and I think that you know, I try to keep that in mind when I'm teaching workshops and stuff like that that the technical information I'm teaching is almost secondary and primary for me is to really help people know um that whatever they're creating is great Uh, you know like it really is like i'm so glad that you're here to try to learn how to create bigger and better things and the thing that you made today is amazing because you made a thing you know so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're you 're clearly very passionate about content and high quality content, and I know that um, I know that part of your mission isn 't just to create high quality video content it 's really to try to tell the story of a business 's heart and when you mm-hmm. think of a business, I think you don 't really think about its heart because those are human qualities but of course humans make a business and and I think you 're looking for the for uh the essence of a company it's pulse as you've described it can you tell me a little bit about how you do that every business has a heart you've said
1: they they do it does you know and um part of that actually comes from when i was working at bringing me the news with my partner in crime there her name is carrie and she's wonderful. And she kind of did a lot of the data analytics side of things. And we would sit and we would talk about data. And she actually said to me once, um, you know, data is just an indicator of how healthy the heart is of the company. So I look at data as the heartbeat. And I I thought that was just such a wonderful way to put data for someone like me who is like, Data, what? No, feeling, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) like I don't, and for a way to kind of bridge that gap of, oh, they can work together in such a beautiful way um, if we really try to understand each other, you know, both the data and creative sides. Um, But then when it comes down to, my own kind of formula I guess for finding the business's heart it usually comes from a lot of conversations I'm not gonna lie I don't think necessarily that you can get an idea of a business's heart just by looking at like their branding document you know that type mm-hmm. of thing um their brand for sure but their heart I don't know um For me, the heart of the company is how are you making a difference? Who are you helping? Um, And how is this making the world better? And I think that that's the truth for most companies, that even though that we have these other, you know, more logical goals, right? More data-driven goals, One of those things is usually true, that you're helping somebody with what you're doing, right? Um, But then when I parse it out into video, I like to make sure that we're getting into specifics. Uh, I always, always tell my clients, I don't want to make a video that your competitor could put their logo on at the end and it could be true for them as well. Because I feel like that's a lot of the times what happens with these big, grand-scale branding videos, right? It's like a bunch of stock footage and some pretty words, you know, like teamwork, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And you're like, that's great. That that applies to every single person, every single business in this field. Like, just put their logo at the end, you know. But really what's what the heart is are the stories of the people who have mm-hmm. been affected, stories of people who work there, um, how it got started, and you know, I oftentimes say to the CEOs, um, when was the last time you talked to your janitor? <laughs> like why do they love why do they love working here? Do they love working here? you know <laughs> I,
0: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so ulti- ultimately, the business's heart is the people in it
1: absolutely absolutely and that's what always makes it unique you know that's always what makes it unique Yep.
0: so you have this successful business called puke rainbows you've been at wcco here in minneapolis and bring me the news where where did you grow up where where was the beginning of erica hannah and um (laughs) what what does that um early childhood high school look like for you
1: sure yeah i grew up in rural iowa uh so our town has well two stoplights now when i was growing mm. up we had one stoplight but um yeah two stoplights which is
0: just huge up- upgrade 100 percent more
1: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> you know definitely um and four city iowa is where they make winnebago's so, um, Uh-oh. yeah, that's, it's pretty much, I would say 90% of the town is employed there. Wow. And, um, yeah, uh, rural Iowa. So I grew up, uh, with a grandfather who was a painter. Uh, mm. He was a professional painter and I tried to paint for like as a child through, high school and I was terrible. I was the, I was terrible. Like I'm not even joking, like just the worst. And so I had it in my head. Um, I actually had it in my head that I wasn't a creative person. I'm like, I think I'm just not creative. I, am not meant for this. I can't do art, you know? And, um, so then when I finally got to college, I went to Waldorf college in the same small town for a city, <laughs> um, just I took a video class. I was going to be a radio major, and then I had to take a video class, and it was just really easy, you know. For mm. for me, it just came very naturally, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I still looked at it as oh, it's a set of rules; it all makes sense, you know. Um, just and and whatnot, and it honestly. It wasn't until, like like I said, that work with Prince when he said, "You don't create video; you create art." Mm. Where man, it all just kind of collided, right? Yeah, for me, it was like, "Wait, what? Videos, art? What?" You yeah, know? he kind of <laughs> gave you per-
0: he kind of gave you permission to be an artist, didn't
1: he? Absolutely, absolutely. And so it and it was so nice to be able to kind of relate to my grandpa on a new level then. And then I told him that story. I said, hey, grandpa, do you know that I thought that I wasn't creative at all? Because I would sit next to you and you'd be making these meticulously wonderful paintings and I would just, it looked like someone vomited all over the canvas, you know, like it's just bad. (laughs) <laughs> like and he's like what really you know so yeah isn't it funny how we tell ourselves something and then uh we we find out something completely the opposite later on in life it's, yeah. it's yeah. insane, it's insane.
0: <laughs> you've you've also said that you currently live for making video more fun more accessible and exciting i screen captured it a tweet of yours (laughs) here for my notes. And I want to know how you do that. What's the secret sauce? Because it's hard to be in remote and we've been a distributed company for a long time now. Mm. And there are days when, you know, zoom is not your best friend. Sure. And I would love to know what the secret is, if you've figured it out yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, it kind of depends on what part of video, you know, like you're looking to, to be talking about, you know. But when I talk about that I live for making it more fun and more accessible, it's just that. It's just that I want it, one, to make it accessible at all, you know, because... Mm-hmm. I do feel like there is this misnomer that video is way too hard for the average person to, to take on. Um, and that's just not true. And I think part of that actually has been, um, I think my own industry is guilty of that, you know, is, is guilty of some elitism, maybe, as mm-hmm. would be the word, um, where... I've heard it from people in my industry where they say, "Oh, why are you teaching people how to use their smartphones because, you know, we have these cameras that are $20,000 and they're so much better quality and all this lighting and it's so amazing." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's awesome that we can do that, but not everybody has 30 grand mm-hmm. to hire us to do it." So, then do we just tell them, you know, sorry, you're out of luck? Like, what? <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, you're taking clients away from us by, by, you know, teaching this. And I'm like, I'm not taking clients away from us by teaching right. this. Like,
0: exactly.
1: uh, If anything, it's like, you know, empowering them to do their own video content that they can put out there and see what's successful. You're um, probably
0: taking clients away from yourself by doing that. <laughs> right, you're empowering them, so they don't like they don't need you anymore. I mean, this has been a central tenet for Ten Seven. Like, we want our clients to be able to do the things. We empower them to absolutely, do that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And actually, I've actually talked to clients before that approach me, and maybe they'll have like kind of a smaller but doable but budget, especially nonprofits, where they'll say, like, we have. X amount of dollars, let's just say, like, we have 10K, like, to do a little video uh, for our end of the year, um, you know, synopsis to all of our donors. And I'll say, okay, that's great, but is it better for you to do one video? Or is it better for you to learn how to do video from me, to use your smartphones, to buy a light kit? (laughs) and to send out weekly updates to your donors you know um Mm -hmm. i just want to make sure that you're using that money as wisely as possible and the nice thing is is that half the time when we do that i mean they still come back to do those super high 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 end things you know once a year or whatever and then they have a better idea of what their audience is actually grasping onto for content, too. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we've been trying this for a year. They love this, this, and this. So let's make a really, really kick butt video about this, this, and this." You know, so
0: yeah. so the secret sauce is teach them to do the work that you're doing, enable them, and then they will come back for you to do even more work.
1: Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. that's how it works. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) not always. No, (laughs) it's interesting to me is um, if you look at a cross section of the YouTubers these days that are making these that are really successful and have millions of subscribers, Mm. I'm going to out myself now and tell you some of the people I watch. Mm -hmm. Right. But MKBHD, if you look at Unbox Therapy, if you look at Linus Tech mm-hmm. Tips, if you look at any of these, iJustine, they all have millions of followers and they all have really expensive video equipment mm-hmm. and really expensive lighting equipment and crews that are that have grown mm-hmm. leaps and bounds. And they all started at the beginning of YouTube and at the beginning of this whole fad as... You know, two hundred subscribers, smartphone producers, and then mm-hmm. evolved. Yep. So like, that's that's mind blowing. Are Are you at a point <laughs> where you have a eight K thirty thousand dollar camera and and doing things like I, I'm not. <laughs> like, it's not necessary, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just kind of depends on what you're looking to do, right? Like, there's definitely projects that I get where. You know, they need stuff that's in 4K, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like we're going to, they're going to, I mean, eventually, obviously, when the pandemic's over, it's like, hey, we're going to put an ad up in a movie theater, you know, stuff like that, or um, network broadcasts, like for sure, you know, we're shooting in super, super amazing equipment. But yeah, like the average person that's out there and even like small businesses, it's just not a necessity. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know. So it's just, a, it's a matter of learning like some, how to light yourself so you, that you look decent <laughs> and having a nice enough microphone to sound okay, you know, and
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about extra Emily. Have you, I know I mentioned this to, or mentioned her to you earlier mm-hmm. today. I don't know if you got a chance to see her Twitch stream mm-hmm. at all
1: yeah, I jumped on it really quick before I hopped in here with you. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, so I, fun.
0: I want to talk a little bit about learning online and how mm-hmm. our kids are all in school and they're using Zoom and how online learning has changed in the last mm. year or two. Well, definitely in the last year, but certainly in the last <laughs> year or two. Um, so for those of you that are listening who don't know about Extra Emily, this is a teacher online who is teaching classes just like a Twitch stream, a gaming Twitch stream would be. She's trying to meet her class attendees where the where she thinks uh, her students are every day in a Twitch gaming stream. And so she's implementing mm-hmm. chat and she's she's doing things like trying to gamify things by Um, You know, extending hours on a deadline for a homework assignment (laughs) if if five smart questions get asked during the class. I'm fascinated by the fact that here's a teacher that's really looked at this situation with online learning and is trying to implement something new. And it's so engaging. I want to watch it. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, I thought it was just wonderful. I tell you what, I hopped on, and she wasn't live, so I just watched one of her broadcasts from Sunday. Um, and even then, I it just felt so good. Like, there, there isn't another word that I can use, really. It was just exciting and fast-paced. And I think, above all, what I loved about her style, um, you know, it, of course, she had... Like you said, she has the gaming in there and the quizzes and and everything. And that's wonderful and that's interactive. But also as a teacher – Her teaching style, what I loved is that she's naming people by name constantly, Mm -hmm. constantly. And that's something that we can all do without even implementing the extra like gaming stuff. You know, it's just like, hey, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. You know, like she's just shouting out to people all the time um, enough so that they'll stay engaged and wake up a little bit. Right. (laughs) So I thought that that was really cool. Really cool.
0: How do we apply this to adults? Can we? <laughs> I mean, I it was too fast-paced for me. I could not keep <laughs> up. I like—I look at that chat stream going up and up and up, and I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's interesting, right? Like the chat streams like that. And I think we forget that it's like, okay, we don't have to read the entire thing. Like we just, it's her, she's scanning it, she's responding to it, you know. Um, But I do think that you're right. It's like, how do we apply this to adults? And I think um, the, the thing that I can come up with right now that, but this is, again, like it's different for every adult right? Because yeah. we've all kind of figured out our learning style. Mm-hmm. For me, my learning style right now, due to time, is micro learning, like just little things. I, I love using, what's that language app? Duo? Is it Duo? Duolingo. Yeah, Duolingo, love it. Um, I also use a public speaking app called Speako, <laughs> and that's really helped me, especially since I had uh, you know that bad car accident in October of 2019. So that helped me get back on my feet real, real quick, you know. And the micro learning, I think, has been wonderful. It also that's also how I got into meditation. So I think mm-hmm. Headspace, the app Headspace, has been really popular for people as well. You know, um, I don't know. How about you? What, what, like, how do you like to learn?
0: You know, I kind of fluctuate between what you've called microlearning, which is a mm-hmm. term I haven't heard before, and then doing deeper engagements with articles. And I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of watch video to learn, but more to kind of relax. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of passive learning. It's kind of keeping me on top of technology by watching YouTube videos, but then I feel like I, I go deep into something like a political issue or a particular technology, and I do a lot of deep reading and long-term reading, and that, that's been more something that I've been doing lately, as opposed okay. to something I did two, three years ago. I kind of just stopped social media for the longest time, and mm-hmm. because I felt so distracted, and so, um, you know, going from Uh, leaf to leaf like a frog jumping on a on a pond right um yeah and and you know it was okay but it just it just wears on you and you need you need to go deep and so that's sort of what i've um, been doing lately it's fascinating how it changes as well you know Mm -hmm. um it wasn't like this 10 years ago and it certainly wasn't like this 20 years ago so mm-hmm. it it feels like learning is just changing all the time even even now
1: absolutely one thing that i have also noticed um not just in the video sphere but i'm sure that you know since obviously you're in the podcast area <laughs> like you yeah. you're, you're the pro, you're the pro here um here are these little bite-sized pod- podcasts that are coming out. And how do you feel about that?
0: I have my I have opinions about that. Okay. When we first started the Ten Seven podcast, which was 112 episodes ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, we actually started by calling it an audio cast because okay. we didn't want to do a podcast, and we started it with five-minute chunks because we thought – Oh, who wants to listen to a podcast for more than 30 minutes? Like, I don't mm-hmm. have the time for that. Why would someone else have the time for that? Yeah. And so so we did audio casts that were short and there were like three, three points you get through and you're done. Mm. And in and in retrospect, like it wasn't the right time to be doing that. And uh. we evolved from that. And so that's why we have a long forum 30 to 45 minute um you know show where we can go deep in, into someone's life and, and explore their origin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting you would mention a short a short audio because like I thought we were done and that was the wrong way to do it. But if you're thinking that this is something <laughs> that might be interesting now and in the future, well, maybe we need to revisit that. And, and maybe there's a sister podcast we do. <laughs> uh, tell me about what you think. Yeah. So
1: I think part of it is, uh, I also, and I I know I talk about this publicly, so it's not going to be a surprise. Um, I have ADHD. So I, it, you know, concentrating for long spans of time, it's either like I'm hyper-focused and I'll sit and I used to be able to edit for 12 hours at a time, right? It's either okay. hyper-focused or all over the place and you can't keep my focus longer than five minutes. <laughs> so it's kind of like one or the other extreme, right? Um, but I think what kind of changed my mind, and, and I do think that you're right, it really depends on the, the subject of the podcast and yeah. the format of the podcast. I think that that's oh, such a great point that you made. Um, I think the one that I'm thinking of that I stumbled upon is called Before Breakfast. And the reason why I like it is because it's a self-help podcast Mm. and I would get a little overwhelmed (laughs) with like an hour long self-help podcast, right? Where I'm just like, wow, all this stuff that I am not doing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that I
1: really should apparently be doing to make That's my not life helping me. way better. Yeah, and then I just feel worse. I'm like, thanks, you know. But what I like about, um, I think her name's Laura, that, that hosts Before Breakfast, it's just these little nuggets. I don't think they're ever longer than five minutes, you know, and it's mm. just like, hey. And, and the way that she approaches it is like a suggestion instead of like, you have to do this for your life to be better. It's like, this is something you could try today if you want. And if you don't have a good day, happy breakfast.
0: What I think you're describing is one complete idea and nugget of Mm. information in a short amount of time that can be consumed quickly and that you feel like you've learned something. And that wasn't what we were trying to do. We were just trying to cram as much as we could into five minutes. And I think that was Mm -hmm. the wrong approach. But okay. I think you might be onto something here.
1: Yeah, it's like, hey, if I can just learn one new thing today, that's pretty awesome. Because at the end of the year, holy cow, you know, even if I didn't implement a bunch of those things, at least I know they exist. <laughs>
0: you know. Like, okay. So now I have a new sh- new idea for a new show, and I'm sure Ooh. Jonathan, my producer, and Brian, my writer, <laughs> are all going to be all over this for <laughs> more things to do it's um okay i will we will credit you with the inspiration behind this erica
1: (laughs) i'm so excited to hear more about it that's awesome oh my gosh
0: (laughs) okay we'll we'll definitely be talking about it um (laughs) before we wrap up what what's what's top of mind for you right now what are you looking forward to what are you excited about in the world
1: yeah what am i excited about in the world well you know, I'm excited that we're getting a handle on the COVID situation, it seems like. Yeah. And I'm excited to get outside since spring is coming. Knock on wood.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
1: it's Minnesota. Of exactly. Course. And then work wise, I'm I'm really pumped. I'm I just got signed to do a Uh, six-week speaking series with AARP for a virtual speaking series. So I'm super pumped about that.
0: Congratulations.
1: Uh, Thank you. I'm really, really excited. I'm also doing some video work with them. So they've been just wonderful. Um, And then I also am going to have some one-off workshops that I'm teaching here in the coming months because I haven't done my um, smartphone video boot camp in a while and I've had some requests for it and I just want to make sure that that's still accessible to people you know yeah. be- especially since we're still technically you know doing things virtually and you can get it, you can do a lot of damage like with your smartphone in the meantime so yeah that'll be coming up here pretty soon
0: so, and when when why is that coming up and how can people get more information about it
1: yeah so I'm going to have the information is going to be on my website and in my social media channels, um, be able to find it. And the date, let me see, is going to be March 27th. Uh, So that's a Saturday morning. So that way, even if people want to be creating outside of um, what they're doing at work, they can still attend, you know?
0: That's always Uh, a good idea. Yeah. yeah, Accessible on the weekends for those of us who have to work during the week.
1: Absolutely, and I, I typically have done them during the week, and usually I would give them as an in-person uh, sponsored, you know, type of thing. And so I think offering it virtually is going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, a lot has changed in how you deliver your services these days, and and mm-hmm. virtual is so much more accepted now. And I I hope it's I hope it stays close to that way because yeah. I think it's so flexible for people who. You know are working moms or who have people they need to look after at home, older oh, yeah. older parents or a new dog or a new yeah. baby like it's it's just wonderful how that's changed. It's interesting too. I was
1: actually speaking with um an organization and a university about how it's completely changed placement opportunities for internships Mm -hmm. for students Mm -hmm. and the accessibility to these companies that maybe, you know, like if you're a student and you don't have the money to fly all the way to LA to work Mm -hmm. for whatever, like you can do research for them virtually and that type of thing. And how cool is that? You know, I I agree with you. I hope that most of this is here to stay. You know, I, I really love it.
0: So. i do too i miss people too but you yes. know what we can we can get our fix in other ways
1: absolutely <laughs> and i think that it's nice because then when we are finally seeing people in person it's it's for pleasantries and for friendship you yes. know not necessarily meetings
0: <laughs> and the, exactly i love it i love it yeah well, it's been so great talking to you thank you so much for spending your time with me today it's truly been a pleasure
1: yeah, it's been so nice to talk to you too, Yvonne. I really, really appreciate you having me on the show.
0: <laughs> you bet. Erica Hanna is owner of Puke Rainbows Creative, a creative content strategy and video production studio based in Minneapolis. You can find them online at pukerainbows.com. And of course, Erica's on Twitter. Her handle is at Meet Erica. You've been listening to the 107 podcast. Find us online at 107.com/slash podcast. And if you have a second, do send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our email address is podcast at 107.com. Until next time, this is Ivan Stegich. Thanks for listening.